0: Hey, Beyond the Track podcast listener. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, before we get into this excellent, excellent interview that we did on Beyond the Track on our Facebook group, first want to remind you, if you are not a member, if you are a college track and field coach and you are not a member of Beyond the Track, what are you waiting for? Go to Facebook right now. Hit pause. Go to Facebook right now and search Beyond the Track and get in there and get more value for your life and most importantly, give value to others. So let's get into this podcast with an excellent interview with Eric Kramer, now formerly of University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. And right before that, just a quick 30-second commercial. Here we go.
1: All right, welcome to Beyond the Track, interview the coach. Uh, we
0: are really blessed and honored here for our second interview. Uh, Lane Schwer from UNCW uh, out in North Carolina was our first. We appreciate it. Lane, I know you're going to be watching this. If I get one view, it's going to be you. So. I uh, really appreciate that uh, today. Uh, well, before we get into our guest today, uh, again, just want to kind of explain what we're doing, uh, interviewing coaches uh, throughout the country, three kind of block interviews. We're going to go over the intro, the, the origin story. We're going to learn more about that individual. We're going to talk about something that's super interesting. And I got a doozy for you today on this interesting one. That I, that I can't think of any other person that would have this. Uh, and then a, uh, maybe a problem or something that uh, the coach is struggling with uh, that we want to use the, uh, the network here to, to help out. So uh, without further ado, I got Eric Kramer here from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Uh, super interesting fact, right off the get-go, I've known Eric. 15 years old? 16. Maybe closer to 20. And how old are you now? I'm 33. Yeah, yeah. No, no. How old were you when we met? Oh, uh, like 15, four, six, 14, 14, 14 yeah. years old. Can you, do you remember when you were 14? <laughs> I remember when he was 14 because we used to do the Indiana University camps, and Eric would come up there, and we kind of really, I kind of feel like we hit it off from the get go. Yeah. I mean, as much as a, see, that would have been, I would have been at Troy University, so I was still like, a fledgling coach. I had no clue, still have no clue what I was doing. <laughs> Uh, and guinea pig on him in the summer So uh, we had a really good uh, connection Really kind of ticked he didn't come and run for me in college But you know, <laughs> you, you can't win them all So Eric, that's a good intro to your intro So tell us your origin story So like, uh, you know I'm a big comic book guy You know, Spider-Man's origin story get
1: Bits by a spider What's your bit by a spider? Um, well, grew up in southern Indiana A uh, small town of Holland Which is also the hometown of... Uh, Mark Boozy, who is a national champion pole vaulter for IU. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. It well, sounds small, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a town of about 700 people. Um, <laughs> oh, but yes, have packed out some pretty good athletes, two NBA players. Um, Mark Boozy, Cassie Workman, who is a national runner up in the shot, but for Tennessee. And you. And me. Yeah, in got there. All right. Okay. Um, I said athletes, so uh, <laughs> you couldn't include me in there. But no, uh, originally from there, I uh, went to Southridge High School, was a two-sport athlete, um, played football and ran track um, as a freshman, earned the, the MVP award at my high school and decided, all right, I'm I'm, I'm going to invest in track and uh, ended up going to the track camp at IU and that's where I met you yeah. and then um, changed your life. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know if it's <laughs> not, for the better I, say not, that, but... I didn't say for the better. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> But no, uh, really got involved in track, Uh, had uncles who had school records, uh, and so they kind of helped me along a little bit, Uh, and then earned a scholarship to go to St. Joseph's College in uh, Rensselaer, Indiana. St. Joseph, so that's a, what, what division is that? Division 2. Division 2. And was. Division 2. Was. What is it now? It is now no longer in existence. <laughs> Wait, so you closed it down, Yeah, so okay. the t- uh, last spring was okay. the last graduating class. Okay. Well, when um, you were there, it was all D2. Right? It was you were all D2. D2 all? Four years, yes. four or five years. I know you four You probably went five or six years. It was four. Four, okay, of academics. <laughs> uh, what did you major in? Uh, majored in history, had a minor in physical education. Uh, uh, what did you want to do with that history major? i originally wanted to be a high school coach and, and high school teacher yeah and okay. uh, and then cool. my after my junior year doing some um, in-classroom work realized that i really didn't like the teaching side of it i wanted to be a coach right. so I talked with my coach bill mossels who's now the head coach did at cardinal Joe? Stritch. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he's now the head coach at cardinal Stritch in milwaukee which is nice so now i get to see him all the time your college coach is now coaching high school. Coaching college. Oh, Curtis in AI. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. In the same city. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we've already got plans yeah. this summer to go to some Brewer games and uh, right. go to Summerfest and all that kind of stuff. So, so you good. graduate with a history degree. Yep. Uh, realize, realize you want to be a college coach. Yeah. All right. So what do you do? After I graduated, I started looking at uh, internships, graduate assistant positions, uh, and one popped up. It was at Franklin College, which is southeast side of Indianapolis. Uh, The the Bears? Uh, Grizzlies. Grizzlies, yeah. 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 Yep. And. Weird coincidence. My little brother was playing football there at the same time. Oh, so, uh, you know, he, he played football for them. Was a so, two-time okay. All-Conference so, guy. Let's pause there for
0: a second, since so, you went and ran the college track, which is, you know, not a lot of people do that. That you know, yeah. in the sense of how many high school athletes I I swim, did run in college. Your little brother is now playing college athletics. So, it sounds like an athletic family. Was your mom or dad any athletic or anything? Um,
1: I, I'll say they were athletic, but they didn't participate in sports. Um, I had uncles uh, that, that were really involved. So like I said, I had some uncles that had school records um, in the hurdles and high jump and long jump. Okay. Um, but really, track was really the only sport that we were ever really in, Got it. Uh, as far as older cousins and uncles and aunts, that kind of thing. So you're at Franklin College. Are you GA'ing or are you coaching or it volunteering? Was a, or yeah, playing? it was an intern position, so okay. it was, uh, $3,500 a year. Okay. Uh, hey, you want to make big money, you totally know you're around. in college coaching track and field, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then there was uh, there were three houses that the university owned uh, that they put all of the intern coaches in. And then
0: we had free uh, meals in the cafeteria yeah, so as well. Like a big old coaching internship frat house. Oh yeah, yeah okay. it was.
1: Right. How long were you there? Uh, I was there for two years. Uh, dumb question, you coaching hurdles? Uh, actually, I was more sprints and jumps at that time. Okay. Um, and it was kind of a rewind. I was a three-time national qualifier in the hurdles at St. Right. Joe. I knew um, that. I should have asked. Okay. That yeah, I should have let you practice some them um, there. And then also had, uh, still have, I guess we'll forever have, unless they reopen the school. Uh, you get the school record. <laughs> yeah, one ten hurdles, uh, the decathlon. And then uh, I think I was number two or number three in the high jump Is as well. Yeah, right. right. What was your oh, score? The cap on school? I didn't you did the It was just under 6,000. Yeah. I only did it one time. Right, right, right so. right. so they closed it down. So you were the forever school record holder. I love yep. it. That's awesome, yep. That's so cool. So so uh, how long were you there? Was uh, it was there for two years. Two years. What happens after that? Uh, started looking basically the internship was a two-year thing. And um, you had a deal with them, but Terribly hard boss, uh, Paul yeah, Paul Sergeant. Full yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. cool
0: disclosure, Paul Sargent. Great friend of mine, great guy. I just know he was a great boss, so
1: yeah. I, I know that. Uh, so where, where'd you go? go uh, ended up going to Adrian College for one semester. Um, this is your first foray outside of Indiana, in Michigan, right? Right, right yep. yeah. Uh, was there for six months. Um, Basically, when I got hired on, it was the same kind of position: uh, free housing, free meals, uh, seven thousand dollars a year. Uh, so what, so a, what a grind! It's hard to keep interrupting you, but that—that that is what's
0: super fascinating to me about coaches that—you you, know—you—it's you, not like you got picked up and had a thirty, 000, forty thousand dollars job right out the get-go. You're grinding here. Yeah. You're going to places like you give me three grand, I'll make it work. Okay, yeah. Just to learn, just to have opportunity to coach here yeah. uh, and, and learn and keep, uh, you know,
1: hopefully, hopefully keep advancing, what, you, what you've done. Uh, so you're at Adrian. Uh, again, same thing. Was an there internship. for one, yeah, one semester. Well, oh, one and then, semester. Yeah, right. and I, I, when I got hired, I kind of told him that, hey, I'm really looking for a graduate assistant position, but I'm gonna be here until I can find something, yeah. and he was all on board for that. Uh, and then over Christmas break. Head coach forwards me an email that Lake Erie College is looking for a graduate assistant for Spence and hurdles. Nice. And so I applied on a Tuesday, got called on a Wednesday. <laughs> wow. uh, and I, it was at like 7 o'clock in the morning. And I wake up and my phone's ringing. I answer, hello, hey, this is Brian Harmon over at Lake Erie College. We'd love to have you come down for an interview for our position. Yeah. Well, um, we start school on Monday, and you know if I don't get the job, I kind of you know I don't want to take time away and, and miss out on those kids. So well, let's do a phone interview right now. Good morning. Okay, let's go. So I uh, did the interview on a Wednesday morning. Uh, they offered me a job on Thursday. I moved down on Sunday wow. and started that Monday. Much like in high school. Like it. fast. Oh yeah. It was it was quick. So now we're at Lake Erie. Yep. You're GA Yep. How long, did you do two years there? Two years there. What okay, um, did you get your master's in? Uh, got my master's in education. Okay. Uh, specifically in special education. Oh wow. Um, then what happens? Uh had several all-americans there uh was the first all-americans in school history in any sport Um, yeah we had two my first year uh in 400 hurdles and the 200 and then um the next year we ended up having 11 sorry nine all-americans and it was between 400 hurdles heptathlon um 200 100 400 high jump um had a lot of uh a lot of really good success. And then graduated with my master's over the summer, applied for a ton of coaching jobs. Nothing <laughs> fell through. So ended up moving back home with mom and dad. Okay. Uh, back, in back in Holland? Back in Holland. Was a substitute teacher. Was uh, working in a convenience store, selling coffee and, and uh, donuts. And then uh, also working... For some family friends of mine um, that own a turkey farm, loading turkeys from midnight to 6 a.m. Live ones or live turkeys? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So, so, cool. So what?
0: So how, how are we getting to UW Milwaukee? I mean, you're yeah. now back in. That's humbling, right? You're yeah. Back in the in the parent. You got a master's degree, and you're back in your parents' house. Yeah. Typical uh, millennial, Shout out to the right? parents, by the way, <laughs> for letting you do that. And yes. Yeah. Stereotypical millennial in fact. Uh, how old are you? 30? I'm 33. You'll see where the uh, the 30-year-old. Yes. Radio, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad didn't become you. Thank, uh, thanks for thanks for not being that guy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so
1: uh, you go from there to Milwaukee, right? Well, no. From there, Man. Paul Sargent gives me a call All again right. from Franklin College oh, and says, "Hey, um, I need a hurdle coach. Um, I can't pay you, but I can give you uh, the housing again right. and the meals in the cafeteria. So I moved back up there." Um, and then I joined them in it was probably in November. Um joined them up there uh and started working for the maintenance department as well, lining football fields, soccer fields, turf maintenance, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, was coaching hurdles. And then they had just built a brand new outdoor facility and Paul had never hosted a meet before and while I was at Lake Erie we had done some meets. And so he mainly brought me in to be the meat manager for all of their home meets, and they hosted the first uh, Indiana D3 Championships, nice. and then we also hosted the conference meet that year, and uh, we had a lot of great success with it. Um, ended up also hosting a couple USATF meets, wow. and then while I was at a USATF meet that we were hosting, uh, I had applied for the full-time position at Milwaukee. Okay. I got the call that they wanted me to come for an interview. So. Great. In the middle of a meet, I'm getting that phone call, yeah. like, oh, all right, cool. Awesome. Um, so that leads to uw Milwaukee. Yeah. So how long have you been in Milwaukee now? Uh, I'm just finishing up my sixth year. Okay. You're the assistant coach there. Uh, what are you, what are your responsibilities as far as coaching? Um, yeah. hurdles so also. Associate head coach for track and field. Oh. Uh, and then, yeah. <laughs> I know i associate head coach here. And uh, basically in charge of sprints, jumps, hurdles, training. Uh, And then I do have some volunteer part-time assistants underneath me that kind of help handle some of those event areas. (laughs) The old use. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Very cool. And then uh, basically kind of supervise all through the fall while our head coach handles cross-country. Right. And then then once we get into season, then I have just my event areas. Wow. So that's interesting. And uh, how far is Milwaukee from home? Uh, It's... The Way I drive about six hours, <laughs> and uh, do you get how much? Uh, not as much as I'd like to, yeah. but um, a few times a year. You know, mom and dad the theme
0: here is mom and dad is a big catalyst for you next very much so. Actually, not even don't wait till like Christmas or birthday because that's when you're supposed to do it. I want you, I'm gonna challenge you. When you get home from Nashville, by the way, we're in Sacramento at the NCAA West Region. Uh, that's why we're doing it live. This is not a split screen. It, it looks like it would be a pretty good little visual, but we're actually, uh, you know, again, no fancy. Keep it in the dirt. We're at a Starbucks in the corner. People are looking at us. It's crazy. People are blowing whistles. I, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, but... Uh, so that's why we're here in person, which is great. It's a great format. I love this uh, format here. Uh, if anybody else is here in Sacramento, I'm here until, well, actually I'm here until the middle of next week. So reach out to me. we would love to, uh, to get you on camera and uh, share your story and uh, things like that as well. So uh, if you don't know how to get a hold of me, well, shame on me. But, uh, ask someone, someone who knows how to get a hold of me. So, but the big challenge here, big theme here, I'm going to challenge you is when you get home from Nationals, and uh, hopefully that means getting home from Oregon. Yeah. You're taking the next step here uh, for your athletes. I want you, uh, at some point,
1: end of June, I don't want you to get into July. That means you're, you're putting it off. you being a typical millennial. They're, they're actually coming up to visit me for Summerfest uh, in June. You to. Here's the challenge. I'm going to give you the challenge. You can
0: formulate it to how, so you know, your mom and dad's taste and things like that. I want you to go to the mall cookie store, the great American cookie store. You got I'm someone gonna, in Milwaukee, I know. Insomnia cookies. Yeah. The, the big cookies. Oh, okay. All big right. Cookies. All right. And I want you to make them a thank you cookie cake. Now, again, they may I not, not like that. cookies, so you can maybe yeah. go do a cake or maybe they like uh, quesadillas. I'll so you figure throw something on a out. I yeah. want you, and when they say, what? Yeah, what is this for? Like, it's not my birthday. It's not our anniversary. I want you to say, you know what? It doesn't have to be. Oh, yeah. You, were, where I, am? I just got back from nationals for the ninth year in a row, I think it is now. Or hurtler nine years in a row. Hurdler, yeah. Uh, yeah one ten hurdler, eight years in, in a row. That it doesn't happen if you don't allow, you don't support me. Allow me to move back in. And the examples you guys said, that's your yeah. example. I want you to come back in to be on the track in July one. Cause you got to do this for June. Yeah, in June. Are or you, are you'll forget it, and and, uh, and either send a a picture of that or just give a story of like what your parents' reaction was. So the second part, that was a great origin story, man. I love that. Every coach is super unique, how we get to where we are in our coaching um, career. And what's great, you know, 33, I keep forgetting. You know, a guy like Eric has 30, 40, 50, 60 more years to influence kids and uh, uh, athletes and other coaches, so it'll be interesting to do this interview 15 years from now and where you're at and what you're doing, and, and, uh, and I know it's going to be successful. So uh, second part of the interview is always what is interesting, unique I should say, I shouldn't say interesting because a lot of things are interesting, but what is unique for each coach. So last interview uh, we had a coach. Who went through dropping a program? Super interesting, super unique. Hopefully, it's unique, meaning no one else goes through that crap for dropping a program. Uh, we learned a lot about what he went through and what the program and school went through. So, uh, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to talk to Eric about because I know Eric uh, personally uh, real well. Eric is a Super, super, super talented singer. Like, if, if someone out there is watching and needs a voiceover actor that can sing as well, this your guy. Because he, he doesn't have the face for the film, so he <laughs>
1: needs like a cartoon. He's got the voice. I have a face for radio. That's right, exactly. So, uh,
0: super, super talented. I, I thought that might be what we would talk about. Because uh, it does fascinate me that someone has a unique talent like that has a very distinct, unique life outside of the track, uh, but then Eric reminded me, he actually has something extremely interesting, Eric coached a young man named Taylor uh, in the 400 Hurdles, all four years through uh, UW-Milwaukee, and Taylor was deaf, he was a deaf athlete, completely deaf. Completely, yeah. What, uh, so tell, tell me about, so how do you, I mean, I'm going to go on a, on a, Limb here and say that 99.9% of the people that are going to watch this have never coached a death athlete. Maybe yeah. have feared coaching a death athlete because you know all the things are, uh, are not um, your everyday
1: existence. So tell us about yeah. Taylor. Um, yeah, Taylor. He uh, so my first year at Milwaukee, uh, Taylor was already a student there uh, as a freshman and uh, was competing on the, the Greater Milwaukee Track Club. Uh, is that for the school? Or this, that... It's uh, oh, a U.S.A.T.F., yeah. but, but all of the students, basically all the kids who aren't good enough to be on our team, they, they tend to go to that club. Yeah. Um, and so Taylor, uh, we were at a meet at Whitewater. And it was the week before our conference meet, and I had a kid who had never run the 400 hurdles, but we were going to have him try to do it uh, at that meet, and then see if maybe he would run it at conference. Well, and, yeah. yeah, and so he runs the 400 hurdles. He's in the same heat as Taylor, and Taylor runs, and I knew he was on the club team, and I knew he was a student at UWM, but that was all I knew about him. Yeah, yeah, okay, good point. You didn't, that's all you knew? Did that's there was all knew. A, Just another hurdler out there? Yeah. Student. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, I'm watching my guy, but I'm also sneaking a peek at him to see how good he is because I had heard he was pretty good. Um, he ends up beating my guy, and and my guy was <laughs> running fast enough to score. Remember, caveat: was this is the first time that kid, his kid, had run. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, But but my guy had been running fast, ran fast enough that he would be scoring. So he <laughs> ended up running into the conference. Right. Maybe um, so so, kid. Yeah. Right after the race, I walked past Taylor to okay. talk to my kid and I just you know wave at him and say hey great job to, to Taylor to Taylor yeah. and he turns and looks at me and kind of just shakes like, his head you? like who are you yeah. Yeah, yeah and so I you know my first initial thought was this kid's a jerk and <laughs> and so we I, I walk past I talk to my kid and I go and talk to another guy who's on the club team who's older who you know, uh, has made several recommendations of, hey, these kids are working hard. Maybe they right. should come out to uh, understand to the system. Yeah, so he, uh, I was talking with him about his race and then said, hey, you know, what's what's the deal with this Taylor kid? was kind of a jerk. Yeah, well, I didn't say that. I just <laughs> said, what's the deal with this Taylor kid? And he goes, did you talk to him? I said, I tried to. I said, hey, good job after your race. And he just shot me a weird look. And he said, Taylor's deaf heart drops, like, oh, no, I'm start such questioning, a, like what did I'm I do? such oh, a no. jerk. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we find out, you know, all the details about him and um, end up emailing him over did the summer back and. In- talk to him at that meet when you found out? Not that meet, oh, no. You were like, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, my uh, Here's my I put forward. my okay. foot in my mouth once. So I'm not going to do it again. Okay. So let's fast forward. Um, uh, you obviously get him on the team. Yep. Summertime, email Summertime. him. Okay, yep. so Summertime, you... email him. Uh, and actually his mother called me. She, she's hearing him. So she, she calls me and she's like, hey, I just want to make sure we're not setting him up to fail. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, mom has is, is, uh, lived this for, at this point, 18 yeah. 19 years, absolutely. Yeah, sure. exactly, yeah. so talked with yeah. her and, and really, because of her, helped learn, okay, so we can have an interpreter at practice every day, we can do, you know, all of the resources that UW-Milwaukee typically gives for all of their students at class was yeah. also available for him when yeah, he they, came to practice. All the resources that UW gives
0: for deaf
1: students? Yes. Yeah, okay,
0: yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so he's on a team. Um, most of us can. Right now, we're imagining how we communicate with a normal athlete and the struggles that we would have. Yeah. With a, and I don't want to say normal. You know, please, let's not be PC police here. All respect to a guy like Taylor. That's why I wanted. I mean, immediately we move to talk about Taylor on this uh, section of the interview. Um, when I say normal, meaning your everyday existence out there. So you hearing able. able yeah, yeah. Everybody can can picture probably do it today. Coaching a hearing able athlete and struggles that that is. How many times you, the kids just don't understand what you're saying. You're from 18 to 19 years old. Now we have an 18, 19 year old uh, who has a disability of hearing. So what were some of the things, what were some of the challenges? And uh, maybe start with like the obvious ones. They just can't hear you. Uh, And maybe maybe say, but it, Unobvious ones. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't think about coaching uh, um,
1: a disabled athlete. Not, yeah, I mean, you know. the big the big thing was when I would be instructing our team. Uh, obviously, the first year we had interpreters at practice every day. Okay. Um, and Did you so say interpreters, multiple or one? Uh, usually, it was one who was actually doing the interpreting, and then there was one who was just kind of observing and learning. Like and, learning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, because we we do have American Sign Language as our uh, as a major and a minor at UWM, and so. Um, I'm not sure how many schools really have it. If you have listened up to
0: this point in the interview, thank you. Uh, but if you're listening and you're at a college, um, put in the comments if your school has a major or minor uh, what, what would be the major?
1: Uh, ASL. Yeah, so
0: American Sign Language. Put that down. That'd be super interesting to hear uh, if any other schools do have I'm sure someone does, but maybe, I don't know if it's common. Like, does every school have it or, or whatnot? That'd be super interesting. Put that down yep. in the comments. So you've got interpreters at uh, team meetings and mm-hmm. uh, every practice mm-hmm. and
1: things like that. Okay. Yep. And does that go smoothly? Yeah, there were times where I would be talking with the whole team, and then I would see him looking at them to get the signs of what I was saying. Right. And so during that first, after about the first month or two, I finally went to him with the interpreters and said, "Hey, listen, like I, I feel like I'm not, I'm doing you a disservice. I wanna, I wanna talk to you more directly." so i talked with the interpreters and i talked with him and basically said to him all right i want you to come up with 50 signs that um, i should learn and maybe even we should teach your teammates and so he put together... What, what years. Is this in the first year? This is the first year. Okay, so right yeah. off the bat, you're yeah. being very sensitive
0: and empathetic to uh, communication with yeah. That tells me a lot about you. You're doing that for this, because that, that's hard. You have to, you have to yeah. do extra things. You're probably doing that with your other athletes as well. Like, hey, I want to make sure that we're communicating the right things at the right time to those kids. Yeah. That's really interesting. Trying to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, 50 signs that yep. you
1: need to learn yep. and that maybe the team yep. should learn to help assimilate to the team right, right and yeah. so like we weren't doing you know your stereotypical things like you know oh, uh, the colors or um, yes yeah, so were some of the, those kind of world. things it was more of all right one through ten. Uh, which is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Oh, the top. Not... Nope, <laughs> nope, it's all one hand. <laughs> hey, River, educated
0: in Alabama, so this would all I would say. <laughs> <laughs> if it's uh, American Sign Language, here's Alabama
1: Sign Language. <laughs> and probably things like, what is it? Is it good? Um, thank you. This is good. Yeah, and good. then thank you is more Alex. Thank you. Um, right. I know Sid. Yeah. So um, I helped coach some uh, herbal kids in high school. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, do that again. Hold so, on. I this just, is the hurdle, yeah. and then the hurdler going over. That's exactly over. how, that's yeah. how the Alabama would do it, too. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Um, he didn't do this uh, event, but high jump. He loved to watch high jump. So this would be like the pit, and then the guys Or the bar, show. yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Quick. Oh, that's, um, easy. yeah, that's okay. Slow. All right. Um, hey, are I'm trying to take a bunch watching? of them. I want to yeah. them to see that. Yeah.
1: But was slow? Do do slow? So... You got the arm outstretched, and then you just go nice and slow up the arm. Slow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what would be some other um, so you say? Other way. Lead leg. How did you say lead leg? What oh. did you have to? Um, I would. I would just put an L up for lead, got and it. then you and which even though know. I, I had to learn. Uh, the uh, what, what was that? Learn. Learn. So, so like you're picking from a book to your A you book what uh, about, uh, yeah. yeah. What about um? Yeah. um the ABCs. Um, sprint was kind of, uh, kind of like, so two guns like this, yeah. and then you're doing that. What was this one? That was quick. So kind of a variation then, of that. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Kind of, yeah. Either yeah. race or right. or sprint. Right. Um then What about like you know we're talking about
0: athletes and stuff. What start. Put the chips down. <laughs> Quit eating junk food. Yeah. Where's that? Um,
1: Where's um, Study hall. What was that? <laughs> yeah. This was eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Hungry. Uh trying to think on water. So if you need water. Yeah, water, yeah. Okay, um, so you got these fifty uh, did you did you have classes with the team or your group or what did that? Yeah, so when he sent me that list of fifty, um I kinda compiled together with the ASL uh interpreters uh videos and pictures of all these signs. So we uh basically sat down and, and in one practice or I put together a, a PowerPoint and every time we would have a team meeting at the end of the meeting i would say all right we're going to learn 10 signs yeah. and so you know the first the first one we said all right we're going to learn just the basic ones like turtle, right. um fast slow just right. simple things that the kids would be able to you know say hey you know good job yeah. or, or wow. well it's that's good luck yeah. um okay. forget what job it is it's uh, something but that, yeah. good, but good when, yeah yeah so yourself. so that yeah. the kids could talk to them and mm-hmm. and right you know, he would be able to communicate with them yeah, a little bit so how did um, you know you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds
0: yeah. how, you know they've already they already think the world is on their shoulders right they think yeah. you know taking 12 15 hours a semester and track practice is just like like no one has it harder than them yeah. right uh how did they, so this is an extra layer for them yeah I mean, this is something that most other college athletes, are like, I got an assignment. How did they take to
1: these, these lessons and, and their communication with Taylor? They embraced it very well. And I, I was yeah. really surprised. I figured, you know, you'd have like half and half where it'd be half of them would be like, eh, this is stupid. For I don't sure. want to do this. And then the other half would say, okay, I'll learn a little bit. Yeah. And it actually created a really awesome culture on the team because um, I think it was six or seven uh, student-athletes ended up picking up ASL as a minor um, really? and just really wanted to learn to communicate with Taylor. Um, and so they, they picked up the minor. Um, that is super interesting. It was, it was yeah. awesome. Um, a lot of kids who learned those signs uh, and then just continued to, to build upon it. Um, right. Even if they didn't, I would say probably 20 of them at least, Uh, took an ASL class, even if they didn't pick up the minor, Uh, and so it just really helped. Any of those kids that took it up to the minor, do you know of any of them that are using it
0: right Um, now, besides normal life, like, interact with someone who's
1: deaf in the Starbucks, do any of them teach it, or? I know two of them are now uh, police officers in the Milwaukee metro area, which helps, you know, if you you pull somebody over and they're deaf, what are you going to do if you're a police officer? Well, the the two of them are police officers, so they just saw a viral video last
0: night of a deaf couple on an airplane, and... Supposedly, the other guy like punched his dog. The you know, and they couldn't communicate, see that. and you, know, you could just see the frustration with the flight agent, uh, and yeah. the gate agent, and the, of course the 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 uh, deaf couple. And, and so, if there had been another person to be able to act as that intermediary, like huge, yeah. like he could have defused that situation, it was a terrible situation. Hey, so that's super interesting, here, Eric. Yeah. That you know this guy Taylor, uh, you know has this uh, you know this disability. But then now affects a team of uh, how many kids are on the team? 50, 60, 70? 70, uh, 70 to 80. affects 70 80 people. They have this unique experience. And then roughly 10% of those go on and actually choose to get a major in American, or a minor in American Sign Language. And then maybe 10% of them, one to two of them, would actually use that in their lives and therefore are affecting positively other people. Like Taylor. And you, by extension of what you did, because uh, here's what you could have done here. You have a couple of choices. You always have choices yeah. in mind, right? You could have said, man, I don't like, I don't want to, uh, I have enough stuff. Yeah. Why do I want to bring this on? Uh, and instead you took the, the better choice of hey let's give it a shot let's see what happens in your life so wh- how has it affected you? And, and, and not affected is a yeah. kind fair of answer but has it yeah. affected like do you think about other deaf athletes now or,
1: yeah I, I mean not I'm, necessarily athletes i'm always uh, i'm always checking the usa deaf track and field yeah. website for any of the high schoolers that are starting to come up. And right. um you know we we ended up having a, a young man who did come to our school, uh, who was hard of hearing, okay. um, he ended up quitting, which was unfortunate, but, um, but, you know, one of the big selling points for me was, hey, yeah, just so you know, I've, I've already had yeah. a deaf athlete, so hard of hearing is going to be a lot easier what? than that, so it was, uh, yeah. it was really cool to, to be able to kind of use Taylor in that sense, but, um, you know, it was great because I was able to, you know, my, my plan for that kid was, all right, hey, you're hard of hearing, without your cochlear implants, right. you're deaf. Let's talk about getting young US deaf teeth just like Taylor was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he yeah. ended up, like I said, he ended up quitting, um, but you know, it's one of those deals where I'm, I'm not gonna be afraid in the future to yeah. go after a kid yeah, yeah. with that issue. So See, i tell you
0: what, Eric, that's, uh, that is much, much more interesting than your band and uh, yeah. singing perform which are amazing, I've seen those, and you are absolutely awesome. Uh, Thank you. But this is way, way more awesome because this affects people's lives in uh, very positive ways. This this young man now, instead of 15, uh, fifteen, twenty years from now, telling his kids, "Like yeah, I was a track athlete, you know, I ran some club, whatever, blah blah,", blah now to say, "Hey, you know, I was part of the." from Wisconsin, Milwaukee. team uh, and I
1: think, did you say does he owned the, the deaf American record, yep. world record? What's... he? He owns the collegiate deaf records in the 400 hurdles, the indoor 600, and the indoor 300. And then also owns the USA overall record in those three events uh and then i think also still holds the 800 high school record uh, so and really good all-around what did, what did he major in uh, american sign language yeah, uh, okay. but then had a minor in education and he's working in the milwaukee area now what's he doing um, works with young deaf kids uh basically as an educator Dude, um he's like not a, a teacher per se but but works as an educator again yeah, here you have an effect on taylor's life Treat him
0: normal, which I'm going to go again out on a limb here and say that for 18, 19 years of his life, because of his disability, plenty of people were not good to him. You know, we, as a society, there are bad people out there. He gets to be treated normal, gets to join a college, track to have success. He is now uh, absolutely a guy like Taylor is a mentor to other yeah. deaf kids. Yeah that may think, yeah, I can't be an athlete, come on, I can't do that, I, you know. And now, get to see someone like Taylor who's
1: had success and go, you know what, wait a minute, Taylor can do it, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh, man, that's it's, amazing, man. It's been great. We've we've had a lot of, uh, actually, national attention from news organizations. Yeah. World uh, News Tonight did a special on him and all uh, that, so there's, I could post a link to it yeah, if anybody wants to, to see you it. You have that, yeah, In um, yeah. the comments, find anything of, uh, if you have any video, like a YouTube or anything, yeah. him, we'd love to see. Yeah.
0: Here's the weird part you're going to see a n- normal athlete. That's what yeah. Taylor is, first and foremost, when he's on the track. He is a he's a freaking hurdler. He's not a deaf hurdler, he's a hurdler who happens to not be able to hear. Right. That, that's what you're going to see. Uh, any news story, I think that'd be yeah. more interesting because he's, he's a hurdler. Come right? yeah. on, you can go see a thousand videos of hurdlers, right? Uh, the, the, the human interest side of it, the, well, I'd love to hear from him. His comments were about what the UW Milwaukee yeah. staff and the team did for him as a person. That'd be awesome. So, man, thank you so much for sharing that. That yeah. is. Uh, uh, what, what advice would you give uh, to any coaches out there that maybe have an opportunity—not just for deaf athletes, but maybe blind athlete, any disabled, disabled athlete? Yeah. Um, Shy away from it. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. What we, you know, what, what would you have
1: uh, for for other coaches that I think? Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can't sacrifice, you know, the safety of the athlete or, or the safety of, of your team. Sure. Um, sure. You know, so that's one thing you've really got to. It, it is a lot of work. Um, you know, I, there were times where we would go to bigger meets and I would have to make sure that I was physically going up to the official uh, who was starting the race and saying, hey, listen, kid in lane five, he's completely deaf. Can you maybe move or stand in an area that, that he can see you because yeah. he couldn't hear the gun? He, sometimes he could feel the concussion of the, the right. gun going off but he had to be able to see the official, and right. that was a lot of work, especially for me being also the jumps coach, I'd be at long jump or triple jump, sure. and I would have kids who were done competing, their job was, when Taylor, when the 400 hurdles come up, you need to tell me so that I can go talk to the right. official. Right. And, and it sounds like pretty small concessions for the meet, like, yeah. okay, normally you stand here, Mr. Starter, can you just go 10 feet, 15 feet yeah. this way? Right. Yeah, right, And, and... I'll say 99% of the time, the officials were more than willing to, to move, yeah. and, and we always found a way to make it work. Good. If, if there's a coach out
0: there, multiple coaches out there that have questions about this, maybe they've been approached by uh, an athlete similar, again, not necessarily specifically deaf, but someone like that, uh, first of all, would you be willing to talk with them? Yeah. Okay. And what would be the best way for someone maybe
1: to reach out to you so maybe pick your brain on, on something like this. Either either through this, through the website here, uh, through Facebook, or um, if you wanted to email me, I'd be more than happy to do that oh, too. So say your email address and then yep. in the comments can you get your email uh, yeah. as well. Um, so it's Kramer E K-R-A-M-E-R-E at U W M dot Edu. Oh, I'd like want to change the other spell out in the login. <laughs> these email addresses are crazy. That that that'd be great
0: as a resource. Uh, for others out there so again thanks for sharing that man that is definitely. super unique now that's a better story than the last one we had the last one we had was uh you know programs being cut that's a horrible story Now I had a good ending they kept the program uh thank goodness but uh boy what a great story about Taylor man I, I, I appreciate you yeah. volunteering on that that's that's way better than you're singing brother yeah okay. definitely <laughs> so uh in our third part of our interview here Uh, We always like to uh, expand our network of our guests. Uh, We've got, I think we're up to 550 or so in Beyond the Track, and again, it only grows because of you. I don't, uh, I'm done inviting people because I don't want to have invited someone and they they, uh, opted out, and then I'm inviting them again, it feels like I'm pestering them or whatnot. So now it has to grow through you, uh, members of Beyond the Track. Uh, That's the only way this thing grows. Um, it is your group I started because as a former coach, uh, I didn't see any other resources out there for all the other stuff that is outside of how to make someone jump further, run faster, hurdle better, etc. This, this group is about everything else. Uh, and, and, you know, so it's the rest of your life. And coaching is this part of your life. So that means there's a whole bunch more that you need to be thinking about and being conscious of, whether it's uh, your mental health, your physical health, your relationship health, your financial health. Uh, from retirements and things like that. So uh, you need to uh, make sure you're being selfish uh, and worrying about yourself because coaches are very selfless and you put a lot of other people on the back burner. It's kind of a lesson there that uh, being selfless is still selfish. We'll we'll delve into that one day uh, really deep but let that sink in just a little bit uh, as far as uh, what that means. Being selfless is being selfish. Doesn't mean don't be selfless. Things that you have to be conscious of. So, the last part here to help expand Eric's uh, network, uh, you know, he is obviously from Indiana, did, did a lot of his coaching there, a little bit of Michigan, and now in Milwaukee for the past six years. Uh, so, he's a Midwest guy. I can't even call you a kid. almost call you a yeah, kid. No. <laughs> uh, Midwest I still kid. feel like a kid. He has no idea what he's doing out here in California. This <laughs> you know, is a whole different world now. Uh, there's coaches from around the country, from uh, New York, Miami. California, Oregon, all the way uh, around here. So we want to expand Eric's uh, uh, network here and help other people as well. So I've asked uh, Eric to think of a problem, uh, just the situation he's in, whether it deals with uh, coaching, his personal life, um, that maybe you, uh, someone out there has either experienced or you are also going through the same problem. And. Uh, maybe you offline can get a hold of Eric, and if you've gone through it and successfully, talk to him and, and maybe help him out. Uh, or if you're going through the same situation, maybe you bounce ideas off of Eric. Uh, he's giving you his email address and they'll put it in the comment
1: section as well. So, Eric, what's uh, what's something out there right now that um, just plaguing you? What's, what's on your mind? Yeah. Um, well, one being uh, UW Milwaukee is a mid-major program, um, uh, and I would argue one of the smaller mid-major. Conferences, uh, the Horizon League. Um, so, one of the things we deal with, uh, especially on the recruiting end, is uh, talking with kids, specifically in Wisconsin, that uh, you've got the powerhouses that be in in Division Three, uh, with lacrosse, yeah, Oshkosh. All those, Wisconsin. you know, there's going to be five of the top ten teams in Division Three are going to be in Wisconsin, yeah. and they're public schools. Uh, okay. And so, you're dealing with that in recruiting, um, and then we also have those power conference schools like Marquette, who's in the Big East, and we have a, a Madison, who's obviously Big Ten. Um, you know, you're dealing with those extremes on either side—either I'm going to go to Madison and be a walk-on and be, you know, this be a part of a Big Ten program, or I'm going to go down to Division Three and be part of a national champion team. Um, Finding that happy medium of getting those kids that, hey, you know, we're, we're division one, we're gonna give you a scholarship, and sometimes even that's not enough of, you know, well, I'd rather walk on at a Big Ten school. Just trying to find that, that extra wow factor, I guess. Um, you know, I've had some things, depending on the kids' major, depending on what they're wanting to study, you know, we've got some advantages in Milwaukee versus other schools, I and mean, being in a metropolitan area, internships are a big thing. Um, but just trying to find that next one step up to be able to get some right. of those top-tier kids um, to come into a mid nature program. So to
0: maybe summarize a little bit what you said there, what I'm hearing is maybe you kind of feel like the UW-Milwaukee program, uh, and if I'm overstating it, you'll correct me, yeah. uh, maybe it's stuck in the middle, that you're not the UW-Madison, right. uh, you're not a Big East school, um, so you're on Power 5-ish, those kind of right. things. So you, you don't have some of the resources that they might have. Not all of them do, but have, like, budget and travel and uh, certainly... Um and I think this plays probably the biggest into the Power 5 draw. You're not Your football team's not playing Saturday on NBC and ESPN. Right. Okay. Right. You, you don't, don't have a football team, ride. so... Uh, that, that's a positive. <laughs> yeah. uh, I agree. To the other side of the spectrum, this isn't a bad to good spectrum or anything. This is just a spectrum of programs and resources. To the other side, where probably pretty uniquely in Wisconsin, uh, a very well-developed public school system, UW, uh Poshkos, Jordan-Lacrosse, Superior, Whitewater, water, white water and, and they're all public. Yeah. So super affordable for instance schools. Uh, great educational programs. There's not mm-hmm. they're not bad schools, they're very, very good schools. Uh, and yeah, like you said, you know, if you go look at the D three national championships going on this weekend at uh, the top ten, like 30 to 40% of them, you know, three to six schools might be those schools, yeah. so a kid can go there and get that experience of, I can be on a national title team, which, again, yeah. very rare, right? right. Yeah. probably harder to win their conference. I assume they're all in the same conference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lacrosse,
1: Lacrosse has won something like 28 straight men's conference titles and and 8 straight women's conference titles. That's uh, crazy. crazy. So... so. Uh, what
0: are some of the, so maybe you're asking, what are, so other people out there, other coaches that maybe are in a similar, I don't know that anybody else has a, well, maybe in California, yeah, they've got a very strong community college system. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like in a Kansas, not only a strong community college system, but like a billion other schools, a bunch of D1s, D2s, mm-hmm. D3s, etc. cetera. Uh, so really, you're talking about competition yeah. and how to um, separate yourself. Yeah. You know? um, so if you have any words of advice, or caution, uh, encouragement uh, for Eric. Um, a couple things, uh, maybe comments down here. Uh, Eric's going to come back in a uh, week or two right before he buys that cake for mom and dad <laughs> as a thank you, random thank you. That's, that's uh, very empathetic and very important. Um, he's going to comment on any of your comments. If you have questions for Eric, or uh, if you have advice for Eric, for things like that, he'll come back in and read and, and uh, continue. The, the goal of that is to continue the conversation past this this interview here. Um, you know, what, what I would maybe discuss with you, Eric, something on the house side, the non-coach, the former coach, of course, but now being you know, on this side of uh, uh, the world, is, you know, uh, and, I, and I've put this in, you on know, the track before, I'm not sure, I don't believe that, any program in coaching and coaching staff is utilizing social media as a advantage yeah there's some rules and then some play and i've definitely have lost all the rules that i remember you guys have not only way more rules but i mean you guys can text every kid in forever or something like that. no clue that's amazing and it, there wasn't text really when i was coaching and facebook was just starting that's how old i am facebook was just <laughs> starting when i got out of there but um uh, but, you know, I, I know what social media can do for personal branding and for companies and for sales and business, things like that. I don't see schools do the The, the bulk of schools are just letting their SIDs just pump out, you know, look at me, look at me, look at our kids, etc. etc. Uh, I'm not sure that, uh, well, I know that's not the, what, what could really happen with a really proper social media strategy. Uh, so that could be one way that either Milwaukee the separates themselves. Uh, so something like that. But you're right. You got to find a unique niche. There are schools out there that um, you know. One school that I find fascinating is uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, yep. Uh, so you know, <laughs> yeah. similar in the sense of mid major, right? They're um, they were Sunbelt. They're, they're not Sunbelt now. They're um, they moved up. Um, Conference USA? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, you know, when they were at Sunbelt, and I went to Troy, which is the same conference, so I could see what in Kentucky, in that respect, uh, boy, they just obliterated something. They were they're dominant when they go to Conference USA, and I think they may still be winning team titles there, but not only dominant within their conference, several All-Americans, every year, consistently. Yeah. Yeah. consistently. Uh, one is they have a great coaching staff, but also, even with that, uh, a consistent coaching staff. Like I think their bench has stayed around for a long time, which I would have to think they've been uh, attracted to bigger programs, whatever that means to you. Um, but, but, so it definitely is possible to be that mid-major school that has uh, whether it's a national presence you're looking for, or whether it's just a more consistent winning or you know, being top two in conference. Uh, really what you maybe have to do is, let's uh, a step back here, is Find what you want the program to be with the head coach, of course. Uh, so, Pete, if you're watching, I'm not trying to disserve here. You guys have to be together. We're all cohesive good here. What is that program? What is that goal? And then work backwards. So, what do you have to do? Which may mean going to the administration and saying, hey, we need more scholarship. I don't know where your funding is or um, we need a new facility or, you know what? We, we're not
1: fully funded on coaching. We need another coach. It may uh, mean that, and that's growth for our sport, which, is, which yeah. is super good, so. And I would say the biggest challenges for us is that being a landlocked in in the city campus, there's no land. So, if, you know, <laughs> we, we have an indoor facility, um, but we don't have an outdoor facility. And, you know, that's one of those things that sometimes, even though, you know, you... We don't have any good weather until (laughs) mid to late May, so why would we need an outdoor facility? Because I think we had ten outdoor practices this entire year. Um, We were indoors most of the year. So it's one of those deals where I've I've lost kids because we don't have an outdoor track, and it's like, yeah. So thank God you get an outdoor track. It there's a lot more kids. Oh yeah. Well,
0: that's great. So uh, Eric is. Um, s- struggling, wrestling with, how does uh, the program uh, separate itself meet its goals, and maybe there's a goal making session for your coaches definitely, where you're at and where you want to be. Um, being kind of stuck in that feeling like they're stuck in the middle, that you have these Big East and Big Ten programs around, they're not that. Uh, these really successful D3 programs can state, uh, right there as well. So again, if you have any advice or uh uh, words of encouragement, whatever, uh, please put it down in the comment section. Uh, he, he'll put his email down there as well. And uh, hopefully that will expand the network for you and for Eric, and uh, maybe put two or three heads together and maybe come up with some some solutions there. And, uh, maybe we all meet at uh, the coaches association down in San Antonio and have a big powwow with Eric and, and straighten him out. <laughs> well, hey guys, thanks uh, a lot for joining us, Eric. I can't say thank you enough. Uh, you know, the very first interview was Wayne, who was like my brother, so very very comfortable. You are. I'm, old, I'm not going to make. you make myself feel old, say like a son, but definitely like a little brother. And I mean that with all due respect. Yeah, not definitely you know, you have as and I coached for ten years and had a lot of success and a lot of fun. You have passed that up by Miles and miles. I couldn't be more proud of you. Uh, this, this was a very comfortable, easy interview for me. This was another one of those uh, softball interviews. Uh, the, the first interview I do with someone I don't really know, it's going to be super uh, interesting and maybe awkward. So, uh, so if you want to be that first one, again, let me know. Uh, I'll be here in Sacramento for quite a while, and then uh, of course I'll be in Eugene. Uh, we don't have to do them in person. Uh, just thought it'd be easier because we'd have most, multiple people around. Uh, the first one we did was actually through FaceTime. Lane was in North Carolina. I was. Uh, I think I was in Iowa that time, uh, so we did through FaceTime. Uh, so as long as we have a strong internet, we can do that. But we'd definitely love to expand our uh, networks here and be on the track and help each other out. So, uh, again, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck. Going over